0: parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home home threads love where you live. Say goodbye Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So this week, we're going to do another set of parenting questions. I have a couple of really great questions that came in this week. The first one is from Crystal. I just started listening to the podcast. My kid's third birthday is coming up in July, and she is asking for a bike. I currently use a stroller to walk her and her two dogs to the playground in the morning. I'm wondering if it's a good time to start teaching her to ride a bike, and if you have any product recommendations. I have the impression that a balanced bike is the best way to start off. I didn't learn to ride a bike until I was an adult, so I want my child to have this experience, and I want to introduce it correctly. Great question, Crystal. So there are two types of bikes that are both great for toddlers, tricycles and balance bikes. They both have advantages and they help kids develop skills for riding a two-wheel bike. Some of these skills overlap and others are unique to the tricycle or the balance bike. So I'll go over those similarities and differences. In general, both balance bikes and tricycles are great for teaching beginning bike riding skills and for improving gross Motor. So gross motor is those large motor skills, the legs, the trunk, the arms. So I'll tell you about each, what each type teaches, and you can decide which sounds best. Also to answer your question, yes, three is a perfectly good age to have a toddler start working on these skills. Now riding a two-wheel bike without training wheels requires three main skills, balance, pedaling, and steering. For the tricycle, children feel safe and balanced while moving the tricycle either by pedaling or propelling their feet on the ground. Developmentally, pedaling is not age appropriate until after age three. They just can't get this motion down very well before that age. Children who are exposed earlier, meaning three, not earlier than three, and have normal development are capable of pedaling at an earlier age, meaning if they're introduced at four versus three, they're going to learn to pedal earlier. They're going to learn to pedal at three versus four. If you put a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old on there, they may just sit there and not really be able to get that down, get those both feet moving, working together to move the bike forward, and it's just kind of a moot point. They're not really learning anything and that just get frustrated trying to do that skill. Children who have never had an opportunity to ride on a bike may not learn until closer to the age of four. Now tricycle riding is an excellent early childhood activity that's fun. It teaches spatial awareness. So they're learning how to manipulate an object around their environment. So especially with a tricycle, you got those wheels that stick out in the back. So they need to learn how to maneuver things that might be sticking out like garbage cans or bushes or those kinds of things. They're maneuvering it around their environment and becoming more aware. It also increases lower extremity strength and endurance through the pedaling and allows for good motor planning when mounting and dismounting the tricycle safely. The tricycle is very safe. A child will rarely fall off, mainly from the three wheels. However, when going down curbs and managing uneven surfaces, accidents do happen. When it comes to the balance bike, The balance bike has no pedals, obviously. Therefore, the balance bike does not allow a child to learn how to pedal. Instead, it encourages the child to learn to balance on two wheels. The balance bike also allows for increased lower extremity strength. The child has to propel through the surface hard enough to allow the bike to move fast in order to maintain balance. Lower extremity endurance can be increased if the child spends enough time riding the balance bike. Motor planning and spatial awareness also can be improved through the use of the balanced bike. So overall, neither bike is superior to the other. While learning how to balance on a balance bike may help with teaching your child to ride a two-wheeled bicycle a few months earlier, most children are not developmentally ready to ride a bicycle until kindergarten or first grade anyway. If you look into the future, you may not want to give your four-year-old an opportunity to take off on a two-wheeled bicycle since they may not be socially ready to learn all the awesome responsibility of knowing and following the rules of the road or sidewalks anyway. Our kids all had tricycles. And then they also got scooters and two-wheeled bikes with training wheels around the same time. Our oldest didn't learn to ride without training wheels until he was around six and a half, out of sheer laziness, or maybe I should say busyness on our part. Finally, my husband took the initiative and took him out to take off his training wheels one Sunday afternoon, and within 20 minutes, he was off and going. Now, his younger siblings had just turned five, and both, not wanting to be outdone by Big Brother, also insisted on learning that same day. And they also learned very quickly, although I'm not sure our daughter was quite ready. But when she makes up her mind on something, there is no stopping her or changing her mind. But she was the queen of crashing into park trucks and garbage cans for a few months until she got all three skills well under control. The balance, the pedaling, and the steering. She'd get the balance and the pedaling, and the steering went out the window. But this is no surprise that her twin brother was more ready since boys tend to develop large motor skills earlier and girls fine motor skills earlier. So they tend to catch up with each other in these areas around age six to seven. And the most important factor in tricycle versus balance bike is to find the one that will encourage play through active movement with your child. If your child is developing normally with their gross motor skills, regardless of a tricycle or balance bike, she will ultimately learn how to ride a two-wheeled bike with practice. And I'm sure she will be very excited no matter which one she gets. So regardless of which you choose, it is always important to have your child wear a proper fitting helmet. Plus, it gets the child used to wearing a helmet when they transition to a two-wheeled bike. Also, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't mention how important this is. They need to wear a helmet every single time they ride anything with wheels, be it a bike, tricycle, scooter, skateboard, etc. And not only wear it, but wear it Properly. Now, most children ages 5 to 14 are seen in emergency rooms for injuries related to cycling or biking than any other sport. But proper safety precautions and learning and following safety rules can prevent these injuries. Helmets can reduce the risk of severe brain injuries by 88%. Yet, only 45% of children, that's less than half of all children under the age of 14, regularly wear a bike helmet. A helmet is the single most effective safety device available to reduce head injury and death from bicycle crashes. When it comes to wearing it properly, though, 95% of kids of the 45% who are even wearing them don't have their helmet properly fitted and therefore are not fully protected. In many cases, they're barely protected. Now, I heard a story from our son's pediatrician when we took him to the doctor for his well exam last year, and the doctor asked my son, what do you like to do for fun? And he said, I like to ride my bike. And the doctor asked him, what do you always wear when you ride your bike? And my son answered, my helmet. And the pediatrician turned to me and said that he had a young man in his practice who was out riding something, I don't know if it was a bike or a scooter or something, he fell down, did not even involve a car, but the child fell down and hit his head on the curb, and he hit it so hard that he said, the child has such severe brain injury, he will never be the same. And here's the thing, I see kids out all the time, either without helmets, or they're wearing a helmet and their whole frontal lobe, that's the forehead, is completely sticking out of the helmet. This is not protecting the child's brain. There's so much brain function that goes on. All the higher level brain function is in the front of the brain. If that gets hit, they lose the ability to do planning and language and goal setting and all kinds of important things things. So we really want to protect the whole brain. So it's really important to get kids properly fitted for helmets. And here's the other thing. In the state of California, I don't know about other states, but in the state of California, it is the law that any child under the age of 18 has to wear a helmet and they have to have it fitted and properly. Um, it has to be fastened. It can't just be sitting on their head. It has to be properly fitted and fastened by law in the state of California. Now, I don't know what the penalty is for not doing that, but it should Be high and it should be a lot higher than what I've been seeing because I see kids around this neighborhood all the time, all ages 8, 10, 12, not a helmet on their head at all. Okay, so if you want to learn more about how to properly fit a helmet. You can see our class that covers not just the six steps to proper helmet fitting, but it also discusses all the rules of the road for riding on the road and sidewalks and what ages they should be doing road riding versus sidewalk riding for kids of all ages to help keep them safe. I also discuss water safety along with other summer outdoor safety tips and treatments for common summer ailments and accidents. This class is called Summer Safety and it's on the website at yourvillageonline.com. It's under the modern A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puroair at getpuroair.com. That's G E T P U R O A I R.com. Puroair is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. The next question is from Esther, and she says, Firstly, I listen to your podcast all the time. It has saved my life tremendously. I'm a single mom to a seven-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl. They're amazing and best friends. However, and there's always a however or but, right? Things have been stressful for me, and I find myself yelling at them a lot. I always apologize and explain that I love them no matter what, but sometimes I'm more stressed and I yell. I explained that it's not okay behavior and that I'm working on handling it better. The reason I had this conversation is not only because of that being the truth, but because I noticed they started yelling at each other lately. It hurts me a lot to see that. So I'm here because in addition to me working on myself and explaining that to the children, how else can I get them to be kinder and calmer between each other? What other tools can you provide on this topic? Also, many times I feel like they don't respect me when I ask them to please stop fighting or stop a bad behavior. I use consequences that's relevant to the said situation, like if you can't play nicely together, you'll play separately. It works for two minutes, and then they're at it again. I don't want to keep splitting them up either. Okay, Esther, so this is a lot of great stuff going on here, and this is very common. We all Yell more and are just less patient when we, ha- when we're struggling on our own, when we're stressed in our own lives, when we're working long days or we're sick and we're tired, that, that stress level goes up and it just comes out. Now I know you're a member on the website and you maybe have already done this. So, and you said you're already working on yourself. So I'm just going to touch on this real quick that you'll want to check out the peaceful parenting part one that talks about taking care of yourself so that you can be less stressed for your kids. And I know as a single parent, it's a lot harder because you are the everything. You are the go-to for everything, and you have no one to step in and help you out. But in that class, talk about all the ways that you can try to take care of yourself and some alternatives that you might be able to find in your life or in your support circle that could help you reduce that stress. Because yeah, you need to be able to take care of yourself because that's not fair. And then, of course, there's a peaceful parenting part, too, which is all those tips and tricks for staying peaceful in that moment when you come up to it and you're like, you just want to lose it, how to pull yourself back. So there's a couple other areas you said you would like some help with, and that is sibling fights, and the third is listening. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to get pretty good into sibling fights. I'm not going to have a lot of time for the listening, but there is also the class on the website. Again, I know you're a member. You can go watch the class on listening and get those tips and tools, and if you have any questions, then feel free to send them to me. And obviously all three of these are really big areas that I could talk for hours, so I'll give some feedback on the sibling fights to help you get a handle on that, to help you have a better understanding of that, and then have some tools to use with them. So let's get into some tips on the sibling fights and squabbles. First, I wanna take a moment to discuss development as it pertains to your kid's ages in particular so you can have an idea of what you can realistically expect so you aren't expecting too much or too little from them. Of course, depending on what's going on, late nights, illnesses, etc just like adults, it will affect their abilities to problem solve and resolve conflicts with each other. But in general, by seven, A child should be able to express his or her emotions appropriately a majority of the time, saying things like, I'm frustrated because, I'm angry because, I would like to do it this way because. So if you have two seven-year-olds or older, they should be able to play well together, negotiate, solve most of their disagreements or differences in ideas with just a little bit of adult intervention from time to time. However, you've got a four-year-old. Four-year-olds are not on the same league. Um, Four-year-olds, all of this emotional language abilities are just starting to develop. So they need lots of practice and some coaching. So four-year-olds should be able to say something like, I'm angry, or I don't like that. But they take more coaching and need a lot more reminding, even just to use their feeling words, the angry, the frustrated, the sad. Four-year-olds tend to be more emotional and much more impulsive. Again, because that part of the brain, the rational part of the brain, is just starting to develop, and that's the part that keeps the emotional brain kind of more in line and reminds us how to express ourselves more rationally. But without that, they can get more out of control. They're much more impulsive at that age. So there's just still some time for that stuff to come on board, So with four-year-olds, a lot of times when they do start to get upset, it can very quickly and easily escalate to the physical reactions, the grabbing, the hitting, and it happens quickly before you even have a chance to get to the conflict. It doesn't mean we allow it. It just means that this is normal behavior. So if you see or hear it, you just need to keep coaching better ways of reacting, going over the scenario and giving the four-year-old some options. Yeah, you just need to keep coaching better ways of reacting, going over the scenario that just happened with the four-year-old and giving the four-year-old the tools. So let's say that your four-year-old just got really upset I started yelling and screaming, or even hitting or grabbing a toy, you're going to pull the four-year-old aside, and over time, you're going to let the four-year-old take on more and more of these answers, but early on, you're going to give the answers if they don't have it. So say something like, why do you think I pulled you aside? And a lot of times early on, they go, I don't know. I pulled you aside because you were yelling and screaming, or you just grabbed a toy from your brother or from your friend or whatever. How would you feel if someone started yelling at you? How would you feel if someone kicked you or grabbed a toy that you were playing with? And they're going to I don't know, or I would be angry. Um, And you can coach your child through all of this. And pretty soon after doing this, like two, three times, they're going to start to come up with some answers on their own. As they're able to start to come up with those answers on their own, then they're going to start to kick in. And that will help stretch out that reaction from going from... Using feeling words and being angry to just being impulsive and overreacting, that's the first step. Once they can answer the questions for you and they're a little calmer, that will start to sink in during the playtime with a friend or a sibling. So when it comes to a seven-year-old working with a four-year-old, you're still dealing with the lowest common denominator, meaning the seven-year-old with his skills will not be able to compensate for a four-year-old who is still learning and will tend to get frustrated and angry when the four-year-old does not communicate at the seven-year-old's level and instead reverts to yelling back or grabbing, etc. So how do you work with this? Okay, again, this is a common concern and problem in a lot of homes. We have this in our home, especially with my son when he was four. My daughter, girls, just their language comes on board earlier. So, you know, she didn't tend to go from zero to 60 from just being upset and and yelling to like hitting, but he did. So we had to do a lot of coaching with him and it took some time. So I'm going to give you some guidelines that should help in general and then some specific tools for this situation. For general guidelines, there are three different categories of disagreements between kids. These are bickering, fighting, and aggression. Bickering is the little squabbles. This is kids trying to work through their differences to find an agreement. I want to play this. Well, I want to play that. I wanted to use the red car. You had it last time. Well, you only took it because you knew it's my favorite. You'll hear it in the middle of imaginative play as they work through the play, or during games as they work out the rules, or when they are struggling with sharing and taking turns. I know it's really hard, but the best way to deal with this is to ignore it so your kids can get practice working things through. If you always jump in, they won't get practice at working things out. Now, for parents with older kids, I recommend that if they find it really annoying, you can leave the room. But with a four-year-old in the mix, I know things can and do escalate quickly sometimes because they don't have those strong language skills like I shared a few minutes ago, and therefore they don't have the communication tools or all that practice on board yet to be able to handle these situations well. So once the four-year-old starts to get frustrated, it can move quickly to yelling, screaming, hitting, throwing, kicking, grabbing. So, it's actually pretty good if you can stay nearby so you can step in if needed. Now, I remember when my kids were really little and they would try to work things out. Sometimes I would hear it start to escalate and I would go to move in, and miraculously within seconds, the tone would switch. They would work it out and be happily playing again. But it's always good to be close by or get close by. If you hear it starting, to peek up and be ready just in case. So this way you can coach better negotiating skills. Once they're both older, like the youngest is six or seven, or for those parents out there with children six or seven and above, if you find that this is constant, if they're constantly bickering with each other, you can also help your kids work on the way they address one another, teaching how to share feelings respectfully, but without solving the problem for them. So for Esther, you can work with your oldest on this if he could use some coaching and you can help him build this communication skills. Now, again, you've got a four-year-old in the mix, so this won't change her behavior, at least not right away. But with the older child, it sets him up for better skills with his friends as well as skills with the siblings and as they age. He also will be a role model for his little sister when he uses respectful communication, when he addresses her in a way that's more respectful or at least starts out in that way and tries. But you can still coach them both on how to share their ideas with respectful tones. Again, it'll be more pertinent. It will sink in more with the older child, but still an important skill to start working on with the four-year-old. So this would mean helping them work on respectful tones. I would like to play with the red car. It's my favorite. Could I please use it this turn? Well, you used it last time, so I would like to have a turn with it this time. You're going to help them with that language. I know that's big language for a four-year-old, but you can help on the four-year-old's level. Help them just start to figure out how to negotiate and talk through things without coming to blows or yelling. Now for coming to an agreement on a specific situation or something that keeps happening over and over, you can call a meeting and mediate the meeting, but let them try to come to an agreement of figuring out a way or a rule for sharing, whether it's a toy that they're both always wanting to play with or rules of a game that they both can agree on and come on board with. Whether it's with a timer or a 24 hour time spans with some beloved object, something like that, you can help them problem solve. Let them come up with some ideas. If they're not coming up with anything that's going to work out, you can try throwing a couple things in. Again, especially when you've got a younger child in the mix. When you hear fighting, which is more escalated than just bickering, it's that yelling, wait and listen for just a moment. Don't jump in immediately, but be close by. Like the story I mentioned about my kids, give them an opportunity to work it out. Just like I shared earlier, I, I literally can't tell you the number of times I thought, Uh uh-oh, I better get in there. I could just hear it. I could hear it peeking up and I thought, oh, it's gonna come to blows any second and I'd get over there ready to jump in the middle just to find that literally in that moment that I'm about to get in between them and help them cool down, they magically work it out. They went from yelling at each other to being totally sweet, but be ready to jump in, especially with younger kids like a four-year-old or if you have a child who's still prone to getting his feathers ruffled easily even if they're a little older. So for these kids, the ones who struggle with this really need the coaching. They need you to be that buffer to help them learn to make space, to put space between their emotion and their reaction. They need to learn to recognize it. They need to self-reflect and say, "Uh uh-oh, I'm getting too worked up. I need to calm down before I respond. So this is you stepping in and saying, I can hear that you're getting too worked up. You need to take a step back. Take a deep breath. Think for a moment before you respond. This will give those kids the skills they need because if they had those skills already, then they would do better. They would interact better. They would negotiate better. So they need these skills and they need some help to learn them. When you step in, coach them through the problem solving. Ask each child about their goals. Well, how would you like to play the game? Okay, how would you like to play the game? How can you work together? How can you compromise? How can you compromise so you each can get what you want? Can you play the game your way for five minutes and then your way for five minutes if they can't come up with a way to make the rules mesh? Something like that. Then the last category of fighting is aggression. Aggression can be either physical or verbal. Verbal is the name calling or anything said in the spirit to be hurtful Always take these as a serious matter and intervene every single time. This means pulling the child aside who has engaged in the aggressive behavior. If it's both of them, you'll need to coach them both. But coaching and a consequence. If they throw a toy, they don't get to play with that toy for a given period of time. Now, that would be longer depending on age. For a four-year-old, it might be 20 minutes. If it's a nine-year-old who's still throwing toys, the consequence would be much harsher because... They've got longer term memory, but also because it's no longer age appropriate. If the child is not special needs, of course, any behavior that can potentially harm another physically or emotionally is not to be tolerated. Even at four and under when it's age appropriate, it still isn't to be tolerated. It's an opportunity to teach children to learn better skills, better ways of relating using their feeling words, using, describing their frustration, describing what they want, telling the other child what goals they have and why. So it's important regardless of the age to make that message very clear. But with the understanding that up through age four and even early five, that aggression can be an age appropriate response, that we teach and coach that it's not an acceptable reaction and we teach them better skills to share their frustration like sharing feelings. I'm frustrated because even walking away for a few minutes. Now this is really hard for kids, but whatever works for them, taking a deep breath, sharing their feelings or walking away for a few minutes and coming back and help them learn to work out differences in a way that is acceptable and where no one is going to get hurt. Then there are lots of ways to help build these relationships in general, as well as several things to steer clear, which can be found in the class on sibling rivalry. And again, Esther, I know you're a member, so you can check that out on that class. And the site it talks about lots of ways to help your kids build this bond. And this is a great time. They're early. You can really help them get that bond really strong starting now all the way up through their teenage years. They'll be able to really bond and connect and attach to each other and build a really strong relationship. And then there's some things to steer clear of that actually breaks down their relationship. So there's a lot of information on there in that class. That's on the website under the Modern Parenting tab as well. For anyone else interested in seeing the class, again, the website is yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com.